Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir, the Chicago crypto hustler, Bitcoin block bully, coming to you once again. And I wanted to revisit the Cent.co platform and one more time share the Medium post that the developer Max Brody wrote a couple months back because I think that and I feel that it encases the totality of what this platform and what many more to come, you know, using this new form of technology, i.e. the blockchain and smart contracts has to offer. So once again, what we're looking at right now, um, for those that are watching, I'm also recording this for my podcast of the new money matrix. And this right here is going to be, I've been meaning to do it for a while now. So I'm glad that I'm, I'm finally knocking it out. So I've got my viewers and I've got my listeners. And for those that are viewing right now, what we're looking at is the Scent platform, which is in the beta stage right now. And it's much like any other social media site, so to say, where you could post stories, pictures, uh, links to videos, whatever the case may be. Uh, moving 3D art, as you can see here, real nice. But I want to get straight into the uh, meat and potatoes of, the, of, of this platform. And now you got to love their slogan, income from anywhere. And that's the slogan for Scent. And I'm going to get into exactly why it fits it so heavily. So this is a medium post that was written by Max Brody on November 30th of 2017. So it's been a lot of um, a nice number of changes since then. But for the most part, the original vision is still intact and working uh, as perfect as ever. So it goes on to say, at the end of the summer, my co-founder Cameron and I began testing the beta version of Scent, an ambitious project we've been conceptualizing and building since February of this year. Scent is a complex technology with a simple interface and an evil simpler mission to enable anyone to earn income from anywhere. Simply put, it's the evolution of social network into an income source. Most of us spend hours each day working for free. We pour our creative energy into networks that give us no direct economic value in return. Statuses, tweets, Instagrams, and snaps all take time to create and provide unique value to many people. Yet nearly all the value they generate is directed to the singular profit of the corporations who maintain these services. And I'm going to pause there. And I want you to really think about what was just said in this paragraph and how true it is and how hard it is for the human man to create, but how easy it is to monetize off it willingly, unwillingly, consciously or unconsciously. I'm going to go over and I'm going to read this paragraph over again because I, I, this is like the perfect opening to the future of income and where it could and will be, in my opinion. It goes on to say, once again. Most of us spend hours each day working for free. They're talking about the hours you spend on your social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. That's, 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 that's time out of your day. Remember, sweat equity. We pour our creative energy into networks that give us no direct economic value in return. This is fact. When's the last time you have ever got a penny for a Facebook like or an Instagram love heart? Um, it goes on to say statuses, tweets, Instagrams, and snaps. All take time to create and provide unique value to many people. Yet, nearly all the value they generate is directed to the singular profit of the corporations who maintain these services. Before blockchains, there never really was a viable alternative. Given the technology available, internet companies had to create centralized code bases. And since they created and maintained the software, they could easily reap the financial rewards of its use. But in the last decade, an alternative substructure of the Internet has begun evolving, one that allows for new type of users compensating networks to exist. In the same way the web democratized access to information, blockchains are democratizing access to value and trust. Very key. We're moving towards a world where networks are the predominant source of connective rather than substantive value. Scent is built on the notion that the connective value of a network is what should earn it profits. But the substantive value, the content coming from individuals within the networks, should be redirected autonomously to the users within the network who benefit most from that value. Think about what was said. Scent was born from a few key ideas. The first being that social networks aren't really social networks. They're content networks. Listen to this now. Think about what it gets. What, think about what gets talked about 
on Facebook, on Instagram, and then you see those very things that were the subject matter of discussion be, uh, start being advertised to you. They're taking your thoughts, your 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 sharings, you know what I mean, y'all social life, and they're using it in a way to have you be a consumer to your very own makings. Um, it goes on to say you have an existence on Facebook because you've created content and put it on Facebook. Whether the content takes the form of photos, statuses, comments, or videos, any mainstream social network will be a blank page without the content creators that give it life. Facts. We are social on these networks only to the degree that we are consuming, liking, commenting on, and sharing the content of others. Given the social networks are actually just content networks, it's odd that Facebook is valued at over $400 billion. While nearly all users of the platform make zero dollars for producing this content. Wow. I'm going to say that again. Given the social networks are actually just content networks, it's odd that Facebook is valued at over $400 billion, while nearly all users of the platform make zero dollars for producing this content. If writers still make money while their publisher rises in value, once again, if writers still make money, while their publishers rise in value, shouldn't content creators make money while the networks they share on rise in value? Boom. In the technological value that Facebook provides trustworthy of all creative value of nearly 30% of humanity who post their content on it. Once again, is the technological value that Facebook provides truly worth all of the creative value of nearly 30% of the humanity who post on their content on that? We don't think so. We think that the future of the economy and the world rest with the creator and the history of the internet is a slow march towards the inevitability for many this march can be scary autonomous systems code and robotics will continue to replace human jobs and thereby sources of income i'm gonna say that again autonomous systems code and robotics will continue to replace human jobs and thereby sources of income that do not directly rely on labor that is uniquely human but what labor is uniquely human? The only labor that is uniquely human is labor that computers can't currently do. Think about all the things that artificial intelligence could do right now. I mean, think about how a fast food restaurant works. There really isn't much human interaction that's really needed. They can definitely and do have automated cooking machines, uh, machines that take orders, machines that can dispense the, the, the liquid, and the machine that can serve you. There's really no human interaction that's really needed in such a device as a fast food restaurant. Uh, it goes on to say, the more an occupation requires an algorithmic workflow. Hold on. I'm going to start it back over. It says, the only labor that is uniquely human is labor that computers can't currently do. The more an occupation requires an algorithmic workflow, the faster that job will become an actual algorithm. Pour coffee, add sugar, swipe card, repeat. Given that trend... The foundation of tomorrow's economy must rest on things that are difficult to turn into algorithms. This is where the creativity comes in, in, in the play, my friends. This foundation must be composed of mechanisms that directly monetize the aspects of humans that are non-algorithmic, perspective, and creativity. Perspective, in this context, is your unique angle of the view of the world, your subjectivity, your personal feelings. Creativity is what, makes, is what you make when you use your perspective. When critics, when critics of rapid technological progress warn that this rampant global unemployment will lead to chaos and economic depression, they're often conf uh, conflating two separate ideas, employment and income. And they're talking about chaos, anarchy. Um, when we look at the fact that they have citizenized a artificial intelligence in Saudi Arabia, that means they can now tax that artificial intelligence, right? So if we are, if the world's ran on debt and debt is paid in taxes and you can start taxing inanimate objects or artificial, artificially alive objects, what type of human um, need is there then as far as, you know, the income of a country goes? It goes on to say, as long as social society requires money. Mass unemployment is only a catastrophe if there aren't other sources of income available. It's nearly always assumed that unemployment itself is an inherently bad thing. But is it? Think about what they're saying. Is mass employment really the crowning achievement of an enlightened society? 
If humans invent robots to do jobs they don't want to do, is it really a tragedy that those jobs are no longer required of humans? In many ways, the opposite is true. Rising unemployment can be seen as a sign that they are entering a new age of automated productivity, that our species is being liberated from the types of labor that are inherently inhuman to begin with. As we're unshackled from the chains of cruel, pre-digital industrial processes and set free to explore the unpotential creative, unpotentiated, excuse me, creative landscapes of sight of our psyches, new octaves in human flourishing are suddenly made possible. Just as the moral progress of the 19th century abolished most racial slavery, the technological progress of the 21st century will abolish most economic slavery. That is very key what they just said. Scent is built to help ease our transition into the less employed future. It's designed to become a core layer of the future creative economy, one that directly monetizes the creative and perspective based value that single individuals provide. The way we're building scent is unique. And we want our process to be transparent. As the network evolves, it will take the form of an interconnected constellation of contracts. A contract is a decentralized piece of code designed to align incentives among multiple users. By decentralized, we mean the code that runs on a programmable open source blockchain, currently, which is Ethereum. And key they say currently, meaning that they will be moving to their own blockchain, in my opinion. In the simplest terms, a blockchain is a commonly shared database that uses advanced math to make sure no one could lie to each other. I like that. Crucially, this architecture also allows for the creation of scarce digital assets that enable us to use decentralized digital currencies to align incentives in far more intricate ways than fiat currencies ever could. Incentives are what make us get out of bed in the morning. Economic incentives give us a reason to care about a particular thing and do so in a way that is logical rather than emotional. Digital incentive structures allow programs to crystallize new social platforms for humans to live within, creating new types of interpersonal interaction and possibility. Scent derives its name from the fact that it runs on these two core principles, incentivization, incentivization and decentralization. When we started testing our beta product a month or two ago, we deployed our relatively simple contract into Ethereum. It allows people to request anything of the network and provide a financial bounty in ETH or Ether, the cryptocurrency of Ethereum, to incentivize the best responses. A key differentiator of our system was that the user base, not the requester, voted on which responses get the bounty. Originally, we hypothesized it would, use it would be used predominantly as a Q&A service. Basically, you ask a question, somebody answers it, and somebody gets an incentive for that question and answer. Um, users would ask questions and get answers. However, we quickly realized that users were using this bounty principle in many ways we didn't originally consider. And that's called evolution and just natural growth, organic. Users were asking questions, but they were also commissioning custom content to be creative and driving incentivized traffic to their projects. We realized that bounties at their core incentivize behaviors. Specifically, our bounty contract began to be used for three categories of behavior. Answer, make, and react. Answering questions, making custom content, and reacting to someone's project, music, video, all seemingly provide enough value for people to place a financial bounty on them. Beyond that, beyond that a community surrounding the network has begun to form. It's named itself and has begun to evolve over nouns and verbs. Users call themselves sentients and refer to scenting something as putting a bounty on it. Need someone to Photoshop your friend's face on a giraffe body? Scent it and you'll get a few choices within a couple hours. Need 50 people who aren't your friends to listen to your new song and give some of the hottest feedback today? Scent it. Need to know how people are thinking about an upcoming Bitcoin fork? Scent your question and learn. As we release new contracts, users will be enabled to participate in different implementations of incentive structures that allow for the change of creativity and financially based value. Future contracts uh, be custom. Future contracts be custom design will be custom design will allow for entirely different types of media to be shared and monetized between users, such as music, listeners, video to viewer, and writer to reader. We started with our bounty contract because the infrastructure in place for blockchain applications is fairly underdeveloped. We wanted to build something that could actually get used in the real world today. 
Most blockchain applications are still in an imaginary state with only a website and a white paper. We wanted to make a different approach. One inspired from the old school startup wisdom of iteration and uh, leanness. Rather than release our white paper and funding strategy up front, we released a beta product and are growing a user base that is informing us about what they actually want. Uh, when the time is right, we will release our... So let me see, what do we leave off at? Uh, in our white paper, we go into detail about our yet-to-be-released uh, platform token, Scent. At a high level, Scent is an ERC-20 token issued to users when they bounty something. The larger the bounty, the more Scent you receive. It's more complex than that, but on a basic level, this issuance model incentivizes users to continually add significant bounties to the system. To tokens that can then be used to enhance the exposure of content that is posted within the system. Enabling the creation of an international or of an internal attention economy that we will go into much more detail on in future posts. The ultimate vision for Scent is to become an income source for anyone who wants to provide their value to society via a digital network. We see Scent becoming a foundational, legitimate source of decentralized income for anyone. If you can provide creative or perspective-based value to networks of people via technologies like Scent, you are future-proofing your value add to society by making certain it is non-algorithmic. All this while supporting structures of mutual, um, let me see, all this while supporting structures of mutual benefit value that reflects humans' best intentions. Eventually, we see a future where each user or each value-generating entity becomes something like a currency that can be invested in. But we'll discuss that more as time goes on. Even though you currently need some amount of technical knowledge in order to use Scent, understanding the basic use of Ethereum, etc., because you have to use MetaMask or built-in wallets, um, that will soon no longer be the case. And the user experience will become as seamless as any other mainstream application, meaning that they will be doing away with the, uh, the uh, MetaMask connection or the, uh, the other wallet you have to connect. There, uh, yep. And I believe that it is. Until then, we'll do whatever to create valuable things and share your knowledge. We'll help you turn that into income. And finally, like I said, this was uh, written by Max Brody, one of the creators of Scent. Um, very well put together. Very, very good breakdown of what the platform is to be used for and all. And um, just after reading that, before I leave, I want to go and take a look at the leaderboard, which is the top, um, the top income for the month, for the last 30 days. Right now, we got uh, Javo, I believe, or Havo, J-A-V-O, making $298.44 over the last 30 days. And below him, you have McKee at $281. Below that, Matthew at $167. Um, E-Germ at $127. And then ends Crypto coming in at number five at $82 for the month. So, family, this is the income. This is actual income that these fellas, these individuals, these entities are making off of this same platform. I hope that this was very helpful to uh, for you, for both the listener and the viewer. For those that are listening that may want to view, you can check this out at Chicago Crypto Hustler on um, on YouTube. Also, also, in fact, no, I think this one. In fact, this one's going to be on Cryptonomic Console. So, Cryptonomic Console on YouTube, not Chicago Crypto Hustler. You can check this one on the Cryptonomic Console. And it'll also be part of the New Money Matrix podcast. That is um that you can find. Let me see. I may do a video and then put a link to it on both of my YouTube channels for those that are viewing this that may want to listen to ride around and listen to the podcast. I'll definitely put a link to it in the description of the video. Until the next video, until the next podcast. This is Amir the Chicago Crypto Hustler Bitcoin Block Bully. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I am out of here. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir, the Chicago Crypto Hustler, Bitcoin Block Bully, coming to you once again with an early rise show of coffee and crypto, new money matrix podcast, top 20 coins, biggest gainers, biggest losers, and a little bit of crypto news. What's going on, family? Grand rising to everybody. It is January 28th, 2019. It's a Monday, a bloody Monday, might I add. At least we go back and look at the Coin360 uh, site, and we can see that it's, it's, it's deep blood out there in the water.
It's deep blood out there in the water. Everything is falling back right now. We still have hot at an uh, increase of 1.4% within the last 24 hours. And MPXS still up 17.5% within the last 24 hours. Um, right now trading at an average of 648, uh, what would that be, Ethereum? It's on the Ethereum platform. Two sats, 20 sats. So still holding this gains. Pundiac still holding this gains real good. So let's go ahead and get into the story. This is brought to us by GrowBitcoinOnline.com, and it is entitled, After the UK has refused to withdraw $1.2 billion from Maduro's gold, Kraken CEO emphasizes the significance of crypto. And if you don't know what they're talking about, the president of Venezuela went to the UK, I, you know, I don't know if y'all really know how the world works, but there are reserves that hold gold in them that is supposed to be the monetary backbone of countries, the whole world. You know, everybody got their own gold put in a certain reserve or whatever. We choose to work off of the Federal Reserve and use their uh, Federal Reserve note or bank note in order to transact with. But we're not actually paying for anything because the gold is where the money is, gold and silver. But anyways, so what he it's, it's, it's a power struggle going on in Venezuela right now, you know, and the United States, even though Maduro's the president, peep game, peep game, even though Maduro is the president, the United States was like, well, we not honoring your presidency and we riding with dude, you know, what I'm saying his counterpart. And basically, he's like, oh, OK, that's what y'all on now. Now, remember, Maduro started. Or made his own cryptocurrency last year. I've been covering this story for a little over a year now. He he made his own cryptocurrency for the con for the whole country to be backed by its oil, its gold, and whatnot. So this power struggle that's going on. He went and he was like, "Well, let me go grab my money then. Let me get my money about this bank." And the bank was like, "Nah." Same thing that I tell people many a time: when you sign your money over to a bank, you are now giving the rights over to them as a contract. They, I mean. Like I said, go into a bank without your ID, without any type of credentials and try to get what you think is your money out of there. And you will get sadly denied, you know, probably with a smile on their face, but you will get denied no matter what the uh, dire situation is. Let's get into the story, though. It goes on to say the financial institution of England rejected the provide of Nicolas Maduro, dictatorial chief of Venezuela, to withdraw for one point two billion in gold, reported Bloomberg. In fact, I damn near want to go look at the Bloomberg story, but. That in and of itself right there. This determination comes after senior U.S. officers have requested their British counterparts to disconnect Maduro's regime from overseas holdings. The U.K. accepted this request as many different nations joined the U.S. efforts to overthrow Maduro after he turned president after successful rogue elections in Venezuela. The anti-Maduro foyer additionally projected Juan Guado as professional president after the social gathering member of the favorite will claim that he had received the presidential elections by proper. For its half, Maduro didn't present any signal of defeat. FT stated the uh, dictator would withdraw so long as he would benefit from the help of the Venezuelan military. The response prompted America to say that it could worsen its financial sanctions in opposition to Venezuela, whose central financial institution has $8 billion in overseas trade reserves. Like, when y'all really get into like international business, international law, international contracting, what's going on with these countries, how they, what we look at is just words. Like, man, you know what I mean? People are probably going to die behind this move. Like, just speaking in all actuality, like, what, you're not going to give me my $1.2 billion? Okay. Um, the second of crypto. Jesse Powell, the chief government officer of Kraken, a California-based cryptocurrency trade, took word of the political scenario and reminded the events of the significance of decentralized belongings similar to Bitcoin. This isn't your secure nor your gold. You know what I mean? And that's, I guess that's a, a link to a story. Um, but he wrote to recall the well-known Not Your Keys, Not Your Bitcoin slogan of Andrew Andreas Antonopoulos, the well-known Bitcoin evangelist. Uh, had give you the slogan after Bitfinex swap in keeping with merchants had, had misplaced $70 million, uh, 70 million price of Bitcoins. Technically, a crypto holder's profit from proof of possession by protecting the non-public keys of the portfolios closed by breasts. But when they return their cryptographic belongings, custodians, for instance, it's then they uh, maintain their non-public keys. This is much like how a bank functions. 
they maintain the cash they want from their purchasers to reinvest or lock them out without permission of their house owners. In response to Powell, Venezuela may hire maintain may hire maintain Bitcoin belongers without custody. That place it could have uh that that place the place it could have full management. The indication additionally applies to the nations which might already going through a model of world financial sanctions. As a result of Bitcoin is a fairer and extra exclusive system than fiduciary authorities cash and can't be sanctioned or censored. Cryptocurrency permits people, teams to carry precious property without dropping possession. Bitcoin, which is skilled, which has skilled particular progress as a know-how and decentralized asset, remains to be removed from attaining its purpose of the world domination as a reserve forex. The uh, pre the present financial function should fail. What there to offer techniques to options, and the opposition and the opposite choices provided by the world must be resolved 100%. Sadly, Bitcoin wants a whole lot of changes earlier than bruised and mistreated governments not think about it a weapon in opposition to financial sanctions imposed by America. Volatility and worth manipulation, for instance, perceived to pose the largest menace to Bitcoin's progress. International locations like Venezuela have grown to be laboratories for the good Bitcoin experiment. Solely 56% of the Venezuelan inhabitants has a checking account, and even fewer have entry to a bank card. Greater than 90% of individuals nevertheless have a smartphone. It's now as much as world leaders to return collectively and create a community of economic tunnels that formally circumvent the sanctions imposed by America. However, it's extra possible that the choice order helps a digital forex by a central financial institution versus a decentralized asset similar to Bitcoin, each suitable with a smartphone. However, we hope that Bitcoin is. And for those that may just be tuning in, I was going over a story where the president of Venezuela went to the England reserves and tried to withdraw what he, I guess, thought is isn't. 1.2 billion of uh, dollars worth of gold and they didn't add them like nope because the U.S. had came through and backdoored them like look we not messing with dude cut dude clean off you know what I mean and the U.K. was like oh oh yeah okay and they cut them off cut them off too so I mean the amount of the amount of backlash that could come from something like this. That's why it's always good to pay attention to world news because you never know what's really going on out there. A move like this is definitely going to have certain ripples and ramifications worldwide. This, this, I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's a lot going on. I'm not going to get into all that, but we're going to move on to the next story. Uh, next, Binance Decentralized Exchange will link to hardware wallets upon launch, allowing investors to hold their private keys. So basically, anytime you're trading on an exchange market, you're not really... You don't really own that currency until you withdraw it off and put it somewhere where you hold the private keys to. Because you don't own the private keys to your Binance Exchange, your Bitrix Exchange, your Hubby, HitBTC. You know what I mean? Those are more like, it's more like a, uh, a centralized bank holding that dishes out. And, you know, you have full control over it. You're almost like a fiduciary of it when you have full control. But at the end of the day, you don't hold the equity title to the currency that's on there you know what i mean you got the legal title so you can do what you want with it but at any time those exchanges can lock up and stop you from withdrawing or depositing money into into them so with the decentralized exchange coming out and saying that they're going to allow uh the link to hardware wallets that means that the currency that you're trading with is yours and nobody it, i mean it's always i guess back doors are getting in the ways but Basically saying that you're actually going to be owning the cryptocurrency that you traded back and forth. So it's really, truly a peer-to-peer -peer transaction versus you being on an exchange market like Binance and being in a centralized format where you're trading against other traders and everything is pretty much on that platform. So we'll get into the story, though. Chainpang Zhao, the CEO of Binance, likes to keep his investors in the loop about the latest options available to them. And one of those options will include the new Binance DEX or Decentralized Exchange. In a social media update, Zhao said that users would have the ability to control private keys on hardware devices when they participate in the exchange. On Twitter, Zhao expressed that the platform is in the development stage. He added, Binance Decentralized Exchange will support hardware walls from day one of launch so that you can be sure your private keys never leave your device. There are no details about the wallets that will be integrated, but some experts believe that the major names will include Trezor, Ledger, and KeepKey. 
recently an image was circulating with Binance is running on a Ledger S uh, Ledger Nano S wallet. The company originally allowed, announced this exchange last year. So seeing this announcement from Zhao himself is a big deal. A bigger project, Binance Chain, is ultimately expected to replace the current Binance exchange. I'm telling you something right now, dude is moving, dude, man, dude, dude making them moves exactly like uh, Zach Chow from Pundi X is making big moves. You got to pay attention to these two cats within the crypto space. That's Chang Peng Zhao and Zach Chow or Chia. Uh, this announcement was released in the same week that the new over-the-counter trading desk was launched, OTC. The trading desk is meant to target large volume trades that exceed 20 BTC, which is presently worth $71,000. The week before, Bittrex announced their own OTC trading desk launch. So basically what they're saying is we're trying to get people that's ready to play with 20 Bitcoin more to come over here and trade with over here. So those are $70,000 transactions. So, And it's not that hard to believe that, lest we forget, Bitcoin was once $0.80, cent, $1, $2, $3. It's people that got thousands of Bitcoins, if not millions of Bitcoins. So 20 Bitcoin to them is pretty much nothing. Um it goes on to say decentralized platforms have been getting a lot of attention lately as investors are growing hopeful that these options will make it possible to bypass the issues they face with traditional platforms like stringent identity requirements. However, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission or the SEC has already said that the exchange will have to comply with legislations for know your customer protocols or KYC. Still, the platforms already in the industry have seen some success. Bis uh Bisky, for example, was the host of a 550 BBC 1.95 million dollars in transaction in November, following a successful month in October as well. And I guess that was the end of the uh that was a funny uh ending. But uh anyways, basically they saying that you're gonna be able to trade with on these. Let me see. Chris is an American, blah blah blah. You're going to be able to trade on this platform and hold the actual ownership of the currency that you're trading with. So that's always a good thing. Always a good thing for anybody in this space that's worried about ownership and actual control of the cryptocurrency that they're holding. Let me see what other stories do we have down here. Respect the crypto analysts of vision payment technology based. Germany's largest food delivery operator, Lafiano, now accepts Bitcoin. So let's check this out. And this just goes along with the mass adoption that is, like I said, is going on right now. And a lot of us just aren't paying attention to any type of news outside of where we are, you know, intimate or our uh, specific domain. And you really, really, really got to look at the world as a whole. Um, it goes on to say Germany's largest food delivery operator, uh, La Ferrandos, now accepts Bitcoin or BTC payments. So once again, another part of the country that has nothing to do with United States dollars. Is accepting this new form of currency as a form of payment. Y'all gotta pay attention to what's really going on and stop looking at this in the form of, okay, how much is Bitcoin and more so, how many Bitcoin do I have? That's the most important thing, in my opinion. And for anyone that's truly thinking with a decentralized state of mind, it's not the dollar amount, it's the coin count. Always remember that. And a welcome piece of news for the global crypto community as a whole. Germany's largest online food delivery platform that hosts more than 1,300 restaurants has formally announced its decision to start accepting Bitcoin payments for its service. For those not in the know, Berlin-based LaFerrando.de is one of the most popular food apps in Germany, and it is used by people all over the nation for ordering a wide array of culinary cuisines, ranging from gourmet to snack foods. More, uh, according to some of the details available on the firm's official website, it now appears as though Lafiana will be allowing customers to pay for their meals using a host of novel ways, including Bitcoin, so forth, PayPal, credit and debit cards. It, if that wasn't enough, it is also worth mentioning that when facilitating a transaction using Bitcoin, customers will not incur any peripheral charges such as VAT, GST. This is especially uh, advantage, advantages, uh, advantages uh, when considering the fact that users have a have a pay, have to pay a flat six percent extra charge when making payments using their PayPal accounts or debit or credit cards. Wow, that's that's if that if that if that really don't wake you up, like okay, so you're not worried about all them extra fees, man. Just pay us with the Bitcoin. 
I've been showing y'all many uh, websites now that are implementing the use of Bitcoin and actually pushing for it. Also, for those of our readers who might be interested in learning about the uh, La Ferrando, the company is owned and operated wholly by Takeaway, Takeaway.com, one of the world's most prominent and established food ordering websites that started accepting Bitcoin payments all the way back in mid-2017. And now we're in 2019. You got to pay attention to what's going on behind the door, closed doors and under the sheets. Last but not least, the folks over at La Ferrando recently took to Twitter to announce the winner of their Best Restaurant Award. In a surprising turn of events, out of 1,231 restaurants that were reviewed and rated, it was a pizza parlor that took home the, covert, the uh, coveted trophy. La Ferrando, La Ferrando, and I may be pronouncing that incorrectly, I apologize if I am. Um, officials have confirmed that their recent foray into the crypto market has been successful and that customers living in countries like the Netherlands, Austria, and Poland have really appreciated the firm's decision to make BTC payments a, uh, a reality. So that, like I said, just following up with the mass adoption stories that I love to bring you all. Now, moving over to what's going on today. If we take a look and we're looking at day charts all across the board, we got Bitcoin versus Tether, uh, Bitcoin down. Ripple way down, Bitcoin Cash, uh, ABC down, so I'm pretty sure Bitcoin Cash itself is actually down also. Yep, uh, Ethereum down, EOS down, Stellar down, Litecoin down. Litecoin hidden actually, hmm, not exceeding previous lows yet though. Everything else is pretty much down in the dumps. Bitcoin SV way down. Tron seeing a very, very nice, healthy pullback as of right now. Let's blow Tron up real quick. How we doing out there, family? How's the day going? Let me see. That is what I did forget to do. Hold on. I did forget to share this on the Instagram. Moving too fast. What we're looking right now is the pullback that we have on Tron. Tron has been running kind of heavy since November 26th of 2018. I mean, it's been in a very, very, very nice uptrend. Let's see. What we're going to do right now is pull our retracement from a swing low. To a swing high. We're gonna play with this a couple of different uh, ways, also. Let me see. So, break that down a little bit. Slide it over so we can see it better. So, what you're looking at is an advanced uh, rally. We met top, broke back down. Now, your, your normal levels of retracement are between 38 and 61 percent. Hold on, give me one second. Let me go ahead and share this out. And I'm sharing this on the Instagram page real quick because there's a couple of individuals that like to know when I go live. Uh, so, and I forgot to share it earlier. I wish they could have caught them stories we went over. So there we go. All right. So what we're looking at on Tron is a retracement down. We came down. We we came close. To 61, though we didn't make it all the way. If we were to use, you know, every single wick and everything as far as our analysis goes, so we do have a level of, of support right here. And if we slide to the past and we look, that was actually a very nice level of resistance to the downside. So it was pretty much common. It's pretty much common for price levels to come back and retest certain areas of support and or resistance. Remember, they're just the same lines in different time frames. So we came down, we met support, very, very nice double tweezer bottom, bounced back up. Now, surprisingly enough, we got stopped out pretty cleanly by the 38% retracement level, bounced back down. We did retest 50. We did test 50, found very, very nice support from there on in, was able to proceed, come back up 23% of the way. So right now you're damn near back out back up to your previous highs. And along with the rest of the market, we've pretty much dumped right now. But we've only dumped down to about 
Now, if we were to adjust this in any type of way, and let's say, let's go off of, since we're looking at a date chart, blow this up. And what I'm doing right now, for those that are listening, I'm using the Fibonacci uh, retracement level, and I just pulled it from the bottom half of uh, January 14th, 2019, to the high of January 27th. And what I'm looking at is a breakdown, a wick through the 50% retracement level. We wick through the 20, 50% retracement level right now. Found support. Where we got previous resistance at and right now we do have some pretty good support right now at the 50 percent retracement normal levels of retracement between 38 and 61 right now we came down sort of tested the 61 percent area at two uh two cent 244.3 uh right now we're being supported by 256.3 so tron still still very 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 nice um chart pattern they did, I believe, to either take the snapshots or release the BitTorrent uh, airdrop for those that are holding Tron as of right now. Let's head over real quick. Let's see how we're looking in the market as a whole. Pretty much red day. Let's go over and look at the uh, countdown. We're going to run through the top 20 real quick. We got about, we're running 21 minutes right now as far as the podcast goes. And right now we have 113,272,697,499, well, $888 and 888 as far as the market cap goes. <coughs> Excuse me. 24-hour volume right now is pretty low at $9,100,237,467. BTC dominance right now is at a 53.64%, and it is down... 3% right now trading at $3,471 respectively across the board. Now remember the prices that we look at on such platforms as Live Coin Watch and Coin Market uh, Cap, uh, these are the average prices all across the all the exchanges. This is not the set final, you know, this is the only price there is. So always keep that in mind. Let me get back over here so I can see if we got any type of comments, any type of questions or anything. Okay, there we go. So coming in at number one, we got Big Bang Kang trading at $3,470, down 3.6%. Coming in at number two, we got Ripple trading at $2.29, cent, down 6%, 6.7% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number three, we have Ethereum trading at $106, down 9%. Damn, damn, that 10% loss is on Ethereum. Coming in at number four, we have the cryptocurrency equivalent to the United States dollar. Damn, and number four, uh, Tether trading at $1.02 is actually up 0.4% and up 0.1% within the last hour. So 0.47% within the last 24, 0.22% within the last hour. Coming in at number five, we have EOS trading at $2.22 right now, down 7.1%. Coming in at number six, we have Bitcoin Cash trading at $108.80, down 10.7% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number seven, we have Litecoin trading at $30.60. Down 5.5% within the last 24. Coming in at number 8, we have Tron trading at 2 cent. Down 10.2% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 9, we have Stellar Lumens. Stellar Lumens right now trading at 8 cent. Down 11.4% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 10, we have Bitcoin SV trading at a low of $66.83. Wow. Down 10.8%. Family, look at, pay attention to some of these prices. Pay attention to some of these prices. When that rubber band comes back, a lot of these are going to be see some very, very, very nice gains. And remember, like, let's just say right now, Bitcoin SV is down 10% trading at $66. If it was to trade right now from 66 and go back to where it was even, what was that? Maybe we'll say $72, $74 or whatever. And on the chart or on the uh, percentage wise, it would only be down maybe 1%. You got to think about all the percentage that they had to eat up to get back to where it was. You know what I mean? And all that could be looked at as profit. Coming in at number 11, you got Cardano trading at $0.03 cent down 8.1% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 12, we have Binance, which was trading 
at a high of $7 when I went uh, and did my early bird countdown earlier. It was trading at $7. Now it's down to $6.13 with a loss of 11.7% within the last 24 and 2.1% within the last hour. Coming in at number 13, we have Monero XMR trading at $43.78. Down 5% within the last 24. Coming in at number 14, we have IOTA trading at $0.25. Cent, only a quarter for IOTA. It's it's right now it is twenty five cents for a share of IOTA family. How many quarters do you have to spend? How many quarters can you spare? Start a quarter jar. Save your quarters up at the end of the week, at the end of the month. Go cash it in for fiat and then go take the fiat to the Bitcoin ATM and cash it in for Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Tron, whichever ones you may be awarded at your uh ATM machine. You know what I'm saying? It's not harder uh it's not hard to to invest in some of these cryptocurrencies with them being the prices that they are. And it's not money that you really have to worry about losing. Coming to number 15, we have Dash trading at $67.43, down 5.8% within the last 24 hours, but up 0.02% within the last hour. Coming to number 16, we got Neo trading at $6.91, down 6.1% within the last 24 hours, up point, no, excuse me, down 0.5% within the last uh, hour. Coming in number 17, we have Ethereum Classic breaking the $4 mark, trading at $3.97, down 6.3% within the last 24 hours. Uh, coming in number 18, we have Neem trading at $0.04, cents, down 11.1% within the last 24 coming in number 19 we have usd coin usdc which is another stable coin much like usdt or tether it is trading at a dollar oh two it's down 0.6 percent within the last 24 hours and it's up 0.14 percent within the last hour definitely definitely breaking its way up there coming in number 20 we got uh zcash zcash right now trading at 20 what is Zcash at? Zcash at $50.26. Right now it's down 3.6% within the last 24 hours, though it is up 0.9%, almost up 1% within the last 24 hours. Um, Maker's been knocked back to the 21st spot by Zcash. Maker itself is up 1.11% right now, trying to get $393. Respectfully across the board. Then you have waves at 275, up 2.7% within the last 24 hours. Nice gains out of waves. Very nice gains out of waves. I mean, look at Holo. Holo up 7% within the last hour. 7% within the last hour. Let's see. Let me swoop over, make sure I don't have any comments, any questions before I uh, proceed on. What's going on, Brother Cameron? All right. No questions, no comments. So what we're going to look at right now is, let's see. Let's look at the top runners. There we go. Now nah, I don't want to look. Let's just filter this out because it's going to show us the top runners everywhere. Show only top 100. Let's see who the top 100 are. Top 100 runners are. Let me see. So we got Apollo, which I've been. I don't know. Been hearing a lot of mixed results about Apollo. Up 20% right now, trading at less than a penny. Hmm. Interesting. Apollo currency. Let's see. Circulating. And total supply. So they, they all the coins are, are released already. It says circulating and total supply are the exact same. 21,165,096,531 coins. Okay. Um, let's see. Got a market cap right now of $30,925,934. From the all-time high right now is down 66%. All-time high down 66%. Uh, 24-hour range is 37%. Let's see. Hmm. Negative over the last seven days. I guess over the last 30 days it did good. Over the last 24 hours, looking nice. Even in the last hour, we've been seeing some nice gains. Let's see. 
BitMart. So it's on BitMart, Coinbean, IDAX. Hmm. Let's see. Check out their website real quick. See what's going on with them. And this is the type of due diligence that you have to do. Right now, what I'm looking at for those that are listening, I'm looking at the Apollo currency with the uh with the ticker of APL. Let me see the ultimate currency, the world's first most private coin. Is that so? Let's see. They do have a video available, though I don't think the viewer can listen to the videos as they play. Um, let's see. Let's go look at platform. Hmm. Let's see. Loading up right now. Let me see. Third generation blockchain, ultimate privacy, coin shuffling. Encryption data, decentralized ecosystem voting, decentralized file storage, decentralized marketplace. Hmm, interesting. The Apollo decentralized marketplace will allow users to buy, sell, and trade physical and digital goods using the Apollo currency. Users can list goods to be sold uh, locally or even worldwide. Trading will be decentralized and untraceable, allowing the free trade of any item. Wow. Um, much like what the black market is pretty much doing, if you want to call it that. Something just called a free trade market. But um let me see. Future updates will include a review and reputation uh system aiding sellers in building a pros a prospective reputation based on experiences written real small. So uh I guess it's something to look, take a look at, Apollo coin. You know, it's the number one runner today. I guess it's something that we need to take a look at. Who else do we got running up here? Let's see. Okay, so we got Apollo coming in first. Aurora, Centrality, Revane, Bancor, surprisingly enough, up 3.7%. Um, Iconomy up 1%. We don't have a whole bunch of runners right now uh, per, per this Pundi X coming in right now, down one point, but it's up 3.4% within the last hour, though, so that's key. Up 3.4% within the last hour. Let me see who else is up anywhere near that. Bancor. Hmm. Okay. So I'm just scrolling through, looking to see who's all up right now. Um... Like I said, the market taking a very nice hit right now. I would suggest, I mean, if you're already stuck, probably down 3.345%, you might as well stick it out. Um, I would have preferred you had a stop limit set so that you could have got stopped out to one of the stable coins, be it PAX. Um, even a coin that ain't moving too much. Because always remember, you, you can definitely utilize those. Um, let's see. I think that may be... It let me see. Do we got any questions from anybody tuning in? Is any not any questions? We can go ahead and end this now. It's going on 11 16, but I got, got about a good 45 minutes in. Good 45 minutes, like I said, not too much going on in the market right now, but a pullback. Um, I'm definitely going to go and continue charting Pundi X and making my positions known, uh, in on that. Let me see. So with that being said, fam, I want to thank everyone who tuned in for the early rising show of Coffee and Crypto, New Money Mondays. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir, the Chicago Crypto Hustler. I'm out of here.